0: The Whistler Podcast, candid conversations about everything Whistler, with host Bear Jack Crompton. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Whistler Podcast. Thanks for joining us. My name is Jack Crompton. I would like to acknowledge, as we always do, that we live, we work, we play on the traditional territories of the Leawatt Nation and the Squamish Nation. We are grateful for the chance to uh, work on this territory. I also want to thank Mount FM for their support in the production of the Whistler Podcast remotely during COVID-19, but uh, looking forward to being back in their Whistler studio shortly, at some point in the future. Today, I'm pleased to be speaking to our MP, Patrick Weiler. Patrick is the Member of Parliament for West Vancouver, Sunshine Coast, Sea to Sky Country. He was elected to the House of Commons during the 2019 federal election. Uh, One of his important roles as MP is to ensure that our voices are represented in Ottawa. He's an environmental and natural resource management lawyer with deep roots in West Vancouver, Sunshine Coast, Sea to Sky country, growing up both in West Vancouver and Sechelt, but with a real deep history in Whistler. I think you might be one of the only people who can say that the name of this riding actually does apply to you. Tell us about your roots in uh, Vancouver, Sunshine Coast, Sea to Sky Country. Welcome.
1: Well, well, Jack, thank you so much for having me on uh, the podcast today. It's, uh, it's great to join uh, virtually, and hopefully next time we can, uh, we can do this in person. Um, but just to give you a little bit of idea about my background, like you said, I grew up uh, in between West Vancouver and, and, and Sechelt. So, so both sides, or two of the three, um, I would say regions of the of the riding I I grew up in. But uh, my father was the president of a uh, company that managed condos in Whistler. So, uh, so kind of my whole life, I've been going up to Whistler for for uh, for skiing and and snowboarding. And uh, I I worked for his company for a bit, and I did some construction work in Whistler. So, I've uh, I'm pretty uh, pretty longstanding connection to, to whistler for pretty much my whole life is
0: is west vancouver sunshine coast Sea Sky country the longest name of a riding in canada
1: yeah as i understand it is the it's the second longest and i think okay. it was the longest and then there was a, a a change recently i think about four or five years ago when they they reorganized some of the ridings but uh so it's unfortunately not quite the claim to fame for the longest right now
0: huh that's unfortunate
1: all right. Um,
0: so the, uh, our, with the podcast, our first section, we talk about um, Whistler uh, News, and then we'll go in and talk uh, deeper about your work in Ottawa on our behalf and a little bit uh, about COVID-19 and how that's changed things. But I want to start uh, Whistler News with an update on what's happening locally around COVID-19. Um, There's a number of local, provincial, and federal COVID-19 support programs accessible to our community. Uh, For ease of reference, the RMOW has compiled an overview of all the resources available to individuals and businesses uh, and local governments during COVID-19, and those can be accessed online at whistler.ca slash community support. Our parks continue to be closed, though we are working on safe opening plans now. Public facilities like the Whistler Library and Meadow Park remain closed. The Whistler EOC continues to meet. EOC means Emergency Operations Center and so they're uh, continually working on ensuring that uh, Whistler is well served during the pandemic. We continue to encourage physical distance between people uh, and on May 5th, the next Tuesday, the RMW will consider a budget revision in response to COVID-19. The stroll is empty most days. Really, I would say COVID-19 has changed almost everything about Whistler. And it strikes me, um, Patrick, that uh, the uh, global nature of this um, emergency has really touched uh, every part of our community. And I I wonder what's most striking to you about how it's changed Canada?
1: Well, it's it's more or less changed everything in the country. And Um, it's, it's really, it's really almost like a, uh, a wartime mobilization, but in a, in a very different way than, than, um, we've ever experienced in our country before.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, instead of, you know, sending people off to war, we're, we're, you know, keeping people in at home. And what's been really amazing to to me is just to see how everybody has, has really, um, done their parts and, and, and bought in and, and really, made such incredible sacrifices to make sure that we're able to to mitigate the pressure on our on our healthcare system and and flatten the curve. So so we're going to avoid the worst impacts of the pandemic.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has been a massive sacrifice to, to families, to businesses, to, to to pretty much everyone. And so yeah, I agree. So the second uh, section of the Western News is a, is just a, a comment on a new way of living, really. Um, uh, this week, May 3rd to 9th, is Emergency Preparedness Week, which is means something a little different in our current context than it may have meant in 2019. I think we're all now very familiar with living in uh, an emergency and the importance of the work that's been done to prepare us to uh, respond well. Uh, For Whistlerites, I encourage everyone to uh, visit whistler.ca slash whistleralert and sign up for our local emergency notification. I encourage people at their homes to fire smart their properties while they are um, staying home. Wildfire season is just around the corner and we are making fire smart assessments available throughout the community. And so you can access those by uh, emailing firesmart at whistler.ca. Also, um, for the last couple of years, we've been talking a lot about the importance of an emergency plan for families. And so I'd encourage residents to visit whistler.ca slash evacuate for more evacuation and emergency preparedness information. And it really gives some good direction about how you can be prepared as a family. New way of living, I think we're going to be living with physical distance for a while. We are going to be doing tourism in a COVID-19 world far before we do tourism in a post-COVID-19 world. Schools, sports, recreation, parks, trails, everything will be impacted by this new experience of physical distance. And it strikes me even parliament <laughs> is impacted by this new reality. Tell me about the debate around uh, how many people can fit in the house of commons
1: yeah well just like like um like all organizations were as um as as parliamentarians grappling with a a very different world and in trying to make sure we can continue to operate in ways that um when when that you're respecting social distancing um and and what that's meant is um for the past month and a half there hasn't been any regular sittings of the house of commons but uh, but instead the house of commons has gathered a few few times um, now just to to pass some emergency pieces of legislation but what that's meant is it's just been a a much smaller group of parliamentarians gathering Um, typically there's there's 338 members of parliament but um, we've we've seen a a very small um, subsection of that only uh, in the low 30s have been attending parliament just enough that you have a um, a proportional representation of the different parties, hmm. but uh, one of the really amazing developments over the past—well, uh, actually, just since yesterday—was we had for the first time ever a virtual sitting of Parliament. And so, actually, what, uh, what what we had was was a, a Zoom meeting where we had over three hundred members of Parliament connect, wow. and uh, and and we had the opportunity for for ministers to present. And then for people to ask questions. But this was a completely different scenario than, than, um, than what people would normally see on TV. Uh, because you have nobody talking over people. Yeah. You have no heckling. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and as a result, things are much more collegial. <laughs> so I think it's actually a really nice change in, in many ways. And, um, and you never know, this could be a game changer for the way that uh, we operate in certain ways going forward.
0: Interesting. Collegiality delivered by Zoom. There you go. Uh, (laughs) um, I I just want to finish up Whistler News by talking about the importance of supporting local business. Uh, Whistler leans on a tremendous group of small businesses to deliver uh, the Sort of international tourism product that we do. And I think it's so important that people support those businesses in this time of, of real trial for them. Um, our family does takeout every Friday. We've now done tandoori grill, splits, creek bread, and barefoot in the last four weeks. I've also heard that Barn Nork, which is a Thai restaurant uh, in Mount Curry, is doing deliveries on Friday as well. So, um, I encourage people to get out and support those businesses if they can. Lots of Worcester businesses are now online. I've said to anyone who will listen, why shop online at Amazon when you can shop online at Armchair? So buy a book from Armchair. And then there's a lot of if you can do, then do type actions. So if you can continue to buy the memberships that you have in the past, like Warka, do it. If you can buy gift cards for future use, then do it. If you can give to the food bank, then please do it. But I think it's just so important to note the need to support the businesses and organizations that uh, we trust and need on the other side of this. Uh, you're a bit of a virtual traveler by Zoom throughout your riding. So I'm wondering if anything's jumped out at you as far as interesting ways to support local business during a pandemic.
1: Well, I think, I think you highlighted the, the main, many of the ways that, that I can think of, you know, supporting those businesses that remain open that are delivering their products in, in different ways. Um, you know, whether that's uh, through takeout or, or delivery, um, it's been pretty amazing to see how some businesses have been able to adapt to the pandemic. I'm mm-hmm. yeah. um, just, there's, there's at least five distilleries in the riding that I know of that are now producing hand sanitizer. Wow. Um, and it I know can,
0: so they're no longer making alcohol for consumption. How do we say this? They're no longer making booze, they're making hand sanitizer?
1: Well, they've they're they're still making a little bit of booze, but but by and large they've they've um retooled to mostly just make, make hand sanitizer and wow. delivering that to local government, to to Vancouver Coastal Health, um and, and other um other organizations that, that really need to have access to it. Um, for instance, there's also, there's, I know of um, Persephone Brewery, for instance, has been partnering with local grocery stores so that they're delivering groceries to people that can't get them. And they're even delivering that to the, the boat that will take it to Gambier Island so folks there don't have to come in on the boat to get their groceries. So it's, it's been really incredible to see. There's just so many examples like that of, of how businesses have stepped up um, to, to support people right now mm-hmm. so it is really important that we support them in, in the ways that we can um, like you said also getting, getting gift cards so even if you're not able to support them right now um, they, they need to have access um, or they're, they're going to need to have that support so they can get through to to the other side of the pandemic so we can enjoy the the type of uh, products and services they they give um And they can provide that, that we, we need and that we rely on um, as, uh, you know, throughout our communities.
0: You are listening to the Whistler
1: podcast.
0: Canon conversations on current events, local government, and everything Whistler. Patrick, you have been in government now for six
1: months. Is that true? Yeah, it's a uh, little more than six months. It feels like a lot longer than that. I but... bet.
0: So I'm, ge- I'm guessing you didn't expect the pandemic when you put up your hand for... Uh, being MP of our riding,
1: yeah. Well, that that certainly wasn't expected. But but it, really, this year is, is the it's certainly the pandemic has been an incredible challenge. But but there's also it, it seems like it's been one one major crisis a month. So mm-hmm. the f- the first in, in January, of course, there's the the tragedy of the shooting down of um, Ukrainian Airlines flights um, or, or the the flight from from Iran. Mm -hmm. Um, that touched a lot of people in in the community a lot just about everybody knew somebody that uh, from the Persian community that was connected to that there was the the blockades that were happening that was disrupting our transportation system again that feels like it was years ago
0: yeah man
1: and um, you know in addition to that the the tragedy in in Nova Scotia of Mm -hmm. of last last week so you know 2020 has been a, a very very difficult year um, and, uh, in, in, really, it's, it's been one thing after another each month. So those, those tragedies
0: obviously frame most of your experience serving our, our country where you are right now, but coming into government, what were you hoping to work on? What were those things that sort of animated your desire to, uh, be in parliament?
1: Well, well, for me, it's it's really related to the type of work I've been doing for for most of my career. and, and I come from, as you mentioned earlier, I come from a background working in environmental and, and Aboriginal and, and natural resources law. And so those, those are there's some major major kind of immediate and, and long term uh, legal and, and policy issues we need to grapple with in that area that I've always been really motivated to to work on. I've, most of my career, I've worked on those issues around the world, but, but not so much domestically. And so I've always been very, very interested in working on that. Um, And, and I've always, I mean, for me, I have very, very close connections throughout the riding. Um, I have close family and friends that live just about everywhere. And so being able to work for, for those people and, and to, to make advancements and to deliver on different priorities that people have has really been the other, the area that I've, I've really been interested in. But, but all these, all these uh, ideas and ambitions that I came in with is, have fundamentally been taken off track by the the events of this year. But yeah. uh, but in terms of looking kind of medium to long term, those objectives and long term goals really remain the same, and and those challenges are, are still remaining. Um, but uh, but really, it's the all all best laid plans have really really gone through a loop
0: yeah good preparation i'd imagine for negotiating uh, at the at, in ottawa
1: well that's one, one of the, the uh, benefits of being in a minority government is that there is so much more negotiating you have a lot more power as a as an as an mp as mm-hmm. well so it's it's been really great to build those relationships with with members from different parties um, and, you know, each party has their different, very good ideas. And so it's really good to, I, I really like that in order to pass something through Parliament, we have to agree with at least one party. Mm-hmm. And that usually means that we're able to to um, address certain issues and in, in the ideas that we have and to come up with a better solution.
0: Yeah. What an amazing time to be a part of the House of Commons, I would imagine. Um, so let's get into COVID 19, it's totally transformed your work as an MP. I imagine things are moving extremely fast. One of the benefits I've recognized is that now, weekly, all three levels of government, yourself, uh, MLA Jordan Sturdy, and the corridor mayors talk about uh, what needs to be done in our communities, what's a federal resp- responsibility, what's a municipal responsibility, what's a provincial responsibility. And it feels like there is access to change and action in a way that I haven't experienced before. Um, What's been the biggest adjustment for you as you've, as as a result of COVID-19?
1: Well, I I was probably just getting used to the kind of a routine of going back and forth to Ottawa and, and the legislative processes there. So, I mean, it was it's all, it's all been a big change for the last 6 months and i never really got comfortable but uh probably the well the, the biggest change is is i'm not in ottawa and mm-hmm. and really the the almost the entire focus is on on the community yeah it's, it's less passing legislation and 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 policy at the, at the national level and it's really it's entirely focused on immediate relief programs And that's, that's really been the entire process to date. And so it's been great to, to connect with, um, with, with yourself and the other sea to sky mayors and and Jordan and and likewise with, with the elected officials from, from other parts of the riding as well, because you, you all know much better than I do what, what the situation is, um, in, in your communities. And so I'm, I'm really here to, to learn from you and to be able to take what you're telling me and, um, and, and really have that be heard in a lot of the, the national level policy making that's being made and to also ensure that the policies that are made aren't going to have critical gaps that um, that are uh, leaving people behind in the community. Do you
0: have more access to cabinet than you did before uh, COVID-19?
1: Um, absolutely, I would say so. I, I've, I've really found from the beginning that the cabinet is is very, has always been very open. You know, there's I have I have good relationships with with most people in cabinets. Um, we're we're quite close and friendly, but what we've had every day is a um, a daily call with the, the the minister of of small business, the associate minister of finance, and and a rotating minister from different um, different departments where there's a specific issue that we're discussing. And that's been really great because it gives us the opportunity to kind of question what's being put forward and and really highlight some, some key areas that, that um, perhaps have been overlooked or where there is a gap. But really from the get go, I have most of the ministers on, uh, uh, that I'll just be texting if I have an issue that that comes up and uh, they know the different issues that I'm interested in. So when something's being, being contemplated that, um, that's gonna uh, impact that, they're, they're quite proactive in, in reaching out to me to let me know as well.
0: I mean, it's not just specific to the federal government. It feels like government is more responsive across the board, uh, more accessible to the public, more accessible to each other, quicker in the work that is being done. And, and I wonder why a pandemic is what, not is required, but, but what has changed or what have, have we lost anything uh, by becoming so responsive? So what did we have going into this that we don't have now? Uh, and what were we doing that we can't do now uh, that is replaced by all of these quick cycles, these access to each other? It, maybe it's sleep. I don't know. But it feels to me like um, we had to gain that time and capacity from somewhere to be able to then become as responsive as we have become as governments.
1: Well, what, it, what I think it has done is it, um, it shows that government can, can operate very, very mm-hmm. quickly when it needs to. Yeah. Um, and it, it'll be interesting to see if that changes expectations for people going forward for, for how government should operate in, in normal times. Um, but uh, what we're seeing is, is policies and um, programs being put together in days or weeks that take months or, or years so it's uh, it's it's been really incredible to see how how that's been possible at at all levels and and things that were were once unthinkable um, uh, to be happening at the rate that they are 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 happening like that on a regular basis. so it's it's really really been incredible to see and and I think it's it's really made in a lot of cases giving people more more trust and faith in government that uh, can actually get things done. Um, and uh, and then I think uh, I think really people have a new appreciation in that sense.
0: I certainly do. I, I've also been struck that uh, the the access to the public has has grown. and you've been all, you know, in a number of different settings talking to business owners and community members about, how best ideas need to win, and how your you know mind is open, and you'll take things back to government that can change policy. Um, have you been receiving input that you uh, from the public that has changed policy in ways that you can point to specifically?
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely, and and because things are being rolled out as quickly as they are, there's there hasn't hasn't been as much time for for consultation as there. These these programs really should have to make sure that there's no gaps. And so so we, you know, the governments or the bureaucracy's got good ideas, elected officials have good ideas at the federal level. I know I know Jack, you've had lots of very good ideas that that I've taken back. Um, and and also just um, I, I've tried as much as I can to to invite people that have good suggestions to reach out and let me know those. And and whether that's by phone, uh, by email, I've, I've been receiving lots of good suggestions. Um, and just to give you an example of that, one of um, a, a member of, uh, or a community member that lives on Thornby Island uh, had some very major concerns about um, having to go pick up her mail from her PO box, which is uh, on the mainland. And um, she, she was concerned if she didn't go pick it up, that after two weeks it would be sent back and so um that was something that i I brought back to to um, members of my caucus and and the minister and and brought forward some ideas that you know maybe we can just have that extended and so this person is not going to have to put themselves at risk um uh, during the pandemic of having to go pick up their mail and and now actually the the um uh, the mailbox is, is keeping their mail for a much longer amount of time. Mm. So this person has that flexibility and, and not, not doesn't have to worry about having to make that trip to go pick up her mail.
0: That's cool. You guys have so much to be considering during this uh, pandemic that and there, and there are things that are sort of beyond what our um, community is considering. It's good to have uh, economists and, and the kind of inputs that you'll have uh, as government to inform those decisions. Thanks. I thought this was an uh, uh, interesting uh, interview, and I'm grateful that you took the time to sit down with me and chat about things. And I'm really grateful that, uh, for the work that you're doing for the Sea to Sky. You're so engaged. You're, you're so involved in, in what's happening here on the ground, and I'm, I'm really grateful for it. I also want to thank Mountain FM for their continued support of the Worcester podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Jack Crompton. See you
1: next time. You've been listening to the Whistler Podcast, candid conversations about everything Whistler. To find out more about the Whistler Podcast, visit whistler.ca/whistlerpodcast.